0: Hello, and welcome to Cthulhu and Coffee. I'm August Strider, and today we'll be talking about sword and sorcery and the Lovecraftian influence. Okay, originally I was going to make this one, probably 20-minute podcast and just talk about the influence of Lovecraft. But what I found was that uh, the real influence was between Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard And how Lovecraft influenced Howard to uh, use the Lovecraftian mythos elements in his stories. And then that later was incorporated into writers, uh, stories by writers like Henry Kuttner, C.L. Moore, um, a little bit later. And then later on, it was um, uh, Fritz Leiber with uh, Faford and the Great Mouser. And then a little bit later, I believe in the 80s or late 70s, came uh, Michael Moorcock with Elric. It's, you know, it's always going to be a point of argument about what is. But don't worry about that. This podcast is for writing, for creators, for people that are interested in. You can pretty much all agree on the sources, the writers that I just mentioned, that sort of source read. Sometimes that's called heroic fantasy, which I would say, okay, so the circle of heroic fantasy includes sword and sorcery. But if it's sword and sorcery, it's not necessarily heroic fantasy. But once again, we're not here to split hairs. Okay. So you're here to write, you're here to absorb the, you know, get the ideas of what makes that work. What's, what's the parts, you know, what are the elements, what makes it fun? What makes it interesting? so that's what we're here to do so let's rock and roll okay i just remembered it's worth noting uh lynn carter wrote a lot of sword and sorcery that's like a pastiche of um like john carter of mars and robert e howard and also sprague de camp sprague de camp edited some material and wrote some original conan novels some of it's pretty good, but it's it's uneven. Um, the the ones that I mentioned were the ones that I grew up with, and I really really go back to again and again. And I'm sure I'm missing. There's been a few authors that have wrote uh, Conan novels, and they're, you know I may be missing something, but you you get the gist. You can you can research further, but we're going to go ahead and move on to. Um, To talking about, you know, what, what constitutes sword and sorcery. Okay. Okay. So the first thing you have with sword and sorcery is a different and a very exotic type of setting. Like, um, it's usually tied to Atlantis, like the, uh, Hyborian myth of Conan. So with Howard and, uh, King Call. The age is the Hyborian Age, which is after the fall of Atlantis and before civilization. So it's kind of a prehistory. It's a legendary age. It's a mythical age. It works well. There's a mystique with Atlantis, and um, there's a lot of exotic. Like I'd say, the influence comes from Arabian Nights. almost across the board I'd say maybe with the exception of Elric uh, all the sword and sorcery stories are low fantasy or low magic and uh, I'll get into the actual sorcery in a minute okay now if epic fantasy like Tolkien is the story of kings and civilizations and making kings the story of sword and sorcery is more on a street level on a smaller scale it's not epic uh, like I said with the exception of Elric probably um, they're dealing with day-to-day problems uh, there's it's more dealing with knights and pawns than kings and it, just as uh, the Fellowship of the Ring was you know about reestablishing um, Strider as the king so <clears throat> they're often anti-heroes. Uh, don't think there's not women, because C.O. Moore wrote uh, jor of There's Red Sonia. There's a handful of others out there, um, female leads. And they're most of the time anti-heroes. I would not qualify most sword and sorcery protagonists as what you'd call, if you're savvy to D&D, lawful good. So they're usually you know, good, but generally, you know, we're not, they're not about following the rules. Okay, the uh, sword and sorcery is rooted in the pulps, and originally a lot of the stories uh, all came out of the same, that, you know, they were kind of lumped together in the same magazines, and then as time went on, it you know, it kind of branched out into, you know, weird tales, and then you have the Western and uh, like a military fiction. Um, and then of course, sword and sorcery. And uh, it was kind of the proto, you know, prototype for the superhero started with those pulps. And they were very much action orientated. So your hero is a man of action. Um, once again, if you're thinking in terms of Dungeons and Dragons, you're looking at fighters and thieves not really magic users or clerics or um, you know bards or uh, cavaliers or monks or any any of that it's pretty pretty straight up Um, so and they shy away from magic so let's talk about the magic so this is where it gets interesting and i think where uh sword and sorcery really captures its tone its theme and its flavor is that the magic is not tied to good or lawful good uh, or order per se. It's dark. It's what you call the left-handed path, which is not necessarily evil, but it's more of the shadow realm. You know, dealing with dark things, and there's a price. You know, it's in the dark corners of the world. Um, it's not out in the open. Um, So this is where I think you got that crazy cool blend between H.P. Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard, which really, I think the reason why it's still popular is because they didn't fulfill their potential. There's still so much to be said and done. And uh, later authors, uh, like I said, Kuttner and his wife uh, C.L. Moore and Fritz Leiber and Several others wrote not only heroic fantasy and sorcery, but they also wrote um, straight-up and stories. So those two go together quite well. And part of that has to do with the magic. Like if you think of H.P. Lovecraft with the Necronomicon and, and uh, Abdul Alhazred, that's a very dark, negative, like almost like a moral... Like don't get involved with this kind of magic because, you know, you'll it'll rip your rip you apart, which is supposedly what happened with Dumbledore. So there's a price. It's um. It's not too far off from real life, magic and the occult and grimoires. So you've got sorcerers like the um, the two patrons for Fafford the Grey Mouser. Um, in Howard, like I said, Conan, the Sumerian steer, steers away from magic. He's usually going up against a sorcerer. Um, a good example of how sorcerers, sorcery works is in the um, the film, Ray Harryhausen film, uh, which was uh, The Golden Voyage of Sinbad. And you've got that sorcerer in there. You know, he's wearing black. Once again, we're going back to Arabian Nights here. Uh, with that kind of flavor, theme, and tone. And, um, you know, he's got the black goatee, and and he's got this little, uh, like, homunculus that he used to spy on Sinbad. And uh, when he uses magic, it ages him. You know, so there's a price, there's a cost to using that sorcery. It's very dark. In some stories, it, like, literally warps or deforms the body, you know. So it's very dark, and I think that's one of the key components of uh, sword sorcery. And uh, what's interesting is, uh, it, especially with Elric, it's it's very dark, the magic. It, you know, it gets tied up with the sword stormbringer. And uh, Cain, too, but he's not afraid to use it to, um, you know, as a mean to an end. But once again this is because they're not heroes in the classic sense these are anti-heroes um they're often you know acting as thieves or mercenaries uh, which makes for some great interesting you know stories and settings so keep that in mind with the magic it's often dark negative not necessarily evil but generally you know kind of going in that direction so there you've got those elements you've got the sword which is the anti-hero um, can be male or female. You often live them by their wits, their cunning. Um, you know, it's rooted in adventure. There's travel and um, the setting is exotic. It could be in the far future. It could be in the far past. Um, it's usually an other world, a mythical world, a legendary world. If it's like, um you know Edgar Rice Burroughs John Carter of Mars which was written around the early 1900s also around the same time um, then you because it's mostly science or pseudoscience in that case you would uh, could classify that under um, planetary romance so it's a little bit different sword and sorcery it's exactly as what it says on the tin, which is you have the sword and the sorcery. We talked about the magic. Um, the magic, you know, is dark. It's not out in the open. It's not associated with good or light. I think almost across the board in any sort of sorcery read red, there's never been a good kind of magic. So you've got witches, warlocks, and, uh, these pack, these demonic packs, um, Later on, of course, Howard brought in the idea of the grimoire, uh, much like Lovecraft's Necronomicon. And um, you've got those elements. And uh, generally, it, also, it Sword, initially, because of the nature of pulp, was usually written for magazines. And H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard did not write many novels. I think maybe each one of them published only one if I if memory serves uh were short stories and um that is the nature of most um sort of sorcery it's relatively short with the exception once again of Elric Michael Moorcock he wrote several novel length um books about Elric with Stormbringer and um also uh Carl Edward Wagner, and uh, it, it's you're not limited to you know writing it short. I mean, they wrote long stories and you know longer no, novel-length stories, and it works. But it works as for a novella, too. So you know you're juggling those components. Um, next time, we'll get into how Lovecraft directly influenced Howard and how they you know collaborated and exchanged and what was the influences for both H.P. Uh, Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard that kind of um, built up to Conan? To is really kind of the go-to default, you know, source when you think of sword and sorcery. Usually think of Conan. Uh, I think it was just done so well that really no one else. Um, it's hard to top that even after almost a hundred years. Uh, Fritz Leiber does a really good job. Um, but he also tackles it a little, little differently in He's more tongue in cheek. Um, and he was actually the one who coined the term sword sorcery in 1961 coming up, you know, with a, with a name for this sort of, you know, type of fiction that evolved over the years, uh, but it evolve it did, and uh, I think there was a resurgence or a popularity in the '90s. And now with the internet, you know, people are able to go back like with the Wayback Machine or find you know things on PDF or uh, old old books you know online. And especially um, with the popularity of role playing games, has made sword and sorcery like there's a coat. There's maybe two. There's been two uh, Conan role-playing games. I think at one point um, when Dungeons & Dragons was being made by TSR, I want to say, uh, there was like a Conan you know, campaign book. And uh, there's been a lot of stuff tied to Sword and Sorcery, if not Conan. And, of course, there's the um role-playing game also. And there's been several. I think Talis Lanna and Dark Sun have a very that type of flavor and um so it's grown uh you know because people like to watch you know the role-playing game industry and sword and sorcery is very very much you know um tied together and uh i think the only thing where you where you don't see too much quality that i'd recommend as far as sword and sorcery is in the movies um if you if you're looking for inspiration there, I'd probably go with the Harryhausen films. The, Sin, the there's a handful of Sinbad films. Uh, the original Conan, a lot of people like that. And. Um, the new one, not so much. Um, so there's a very limited. Uh, it often comes out really bad, and really cheesy. But, you know, that's up to you. You may like it. You may enjoy it. Um, that covers uh, all we wanted to talk about, those components of sword and sorcery today. Like I said, next time we'll talk about Lovecraft and Robert E. Howard and their correspondence and Howard's very brief career with Conan. Unfortunately, he, he uh, committed suicide and um, the span of his career was very short. So, but it was very impacting. So we'll talk about that next episode. Uh, rock on right on see you next time